0: Likutei Sichais, Chei Gimo, Gimel, Volume 13, the second sicha for parashas, Matos. First of all, this is a Rashi sicha. And in this sicha, we're going to learn a very, very important rule in Rashi, according to the Rebbe's way of learning Rashi. And this rule is a very unique rule. Perhaps I would say even it's a, it's a, it's a novel rule. Namely, till now... All this, many of the sikhs that we're accustomed to learning at the Rebbe, the Rebbe explains what Rashi does right. What Rashi explains, and based on what Rashi explains, the Rebbe asks why he explains it this way, why he quotes the heading this way, and that way, and so on and so forth. In this Rashi, the Rebbe will explain what Rashi, or why Rashi does not explain anything on the Pasuk, where it seems that it needs to be explained. And this is a very important rule in Rashi, this is the rule that if Rashi doesn't explain something, that means that it could be self-understood from the actual pshutay Shemikra, from the Pshat, from the simple basic meaning of the pasig, one could also, on their own, understand it, and therefore Rashi has no need to hold our hand and walk us through it. Let's go into the Sikha, we're gonna to try to cover a significant part of the Sikha inside in the Rebbe's words. B'Parshaseinu Super. in our Parsha it's related, after the Bnei Yisrael were uh, victorious over Midian, and they brought the captives and the spoils, and they brought it. Hashem commanded, "Quote: So esroish hashvi Count, take stock of the loot." And the captives, both in the, in the, in the people, the, the, the human captives, the slaves, and the cattle, the, the, the animals, and so on. And then the next passage it says, Now you should divide all this loot, all the spoils, you should divide it equally. As Rashi says, Half and half, exactly down the middle, and give half. To those who actually engaged in war, the soldiers per se, and to the people who stay behind all the rest of the Eden. And then he says, And then he says that you should you should exact a levy, that means you should take like a tax, a, a miser, so to speak, to Hashem, a tithe, from the people of who engaged in war. You should take one of 500. That means from the soldiers, from their part, that's allotted to them, you should take a 500th from everything. And that you should give to a this will be for the Now, in the other passage, it says, But from the half that you're giving to all the rest of the Yidden, those who did not fight, You should take one of 50th. That means you should take a 50th from the part that belongs to the Eden, and that Vina by that. You should give to the Levine, etc. Umesaiim Haqosov. And the Torah concludes, Moshe and Elazar Hakuayin did, they implemented exactly Hashem as like Hashem had commanded Moshe. Okay. However, Acharkach afterwards afterwards the cost the Pasuk goes into detail and enumerates in detail every single species every single kind that they had gotten every kind of uh, uh, spoils of loot then it also enumerates how much was the half for each for each section sector meaning the soldiers versus the bin which goes for the People who engaged in uh, in the war, excuse me, the amount from each, to how much was allotted to each to, to the to the soldiers who actually engaged in war, and and how much was. The amount that they gave for Hashem, meaning for the Kohanim, and how much they gave from each and every kind. That means how much they gave from the cows, how much they gave from the sheep, whatever it is, from the servants, from the maid servants, and so on. chain, and so too, it enumerates, it also enumerates how much amounted to the to the Bnei Yisrael, to the rest of the Jewish people who did not engage in war, how much they received from each and every kind of the the loot. Um, And the apostle concludes, And from the Bnei Yisrael, from their part, they gave a 50th. However, But it does not, this time around, does not, detail the number. does not give us an exact amount of how much was the 50th. In other words, to summarize, by the first half that was given to the soldiers, not only does the Torah tell us exactly what they received and how much of each kind, but it also goes on to tell us, you know, to do the math for us, the simple math, how much the five hundredth amount, the one of five hundred that it was supposed to allot from each one, for the from each kind, for the kind, what it amounted to. Whereas by the B'nai Yisrael, it tells us what they received, exactly how much they received of each kind, even though that, think about it, one could already understand by figuring how much the soldiers who fought in the war got. So you can just automatically understand that we got the counter half, Right? Because the Torah said equal half. Half of them, half of Bnei Yet, the Torah enumerates it. However, the Torah doesn't go into detail how much the 50th amounted to and relies on us taking out a calculator or pen and paper and doing the calculation. Well, ain't a moving cloud. At first glance, this is totally un- not understood. Number one. Lama Mayri ha'kosev lefadit kol misporim ha'elah. Why does the pasuk go into detail to enumerate all these numbers? It shouldn't have not sufficed if the pasuk would have said, "Like it said." that Moshe and did exactly commanded like Hashem commanded. What difference does it make? What comes out of it? What benefit do we have? To know in general, to know how much the, the spoils were, how much the loot was, and especially and to know each exact detailed kind, how much they got. What difference does it make? The Rebbe now goes a step further. And even, if we should say that the Torah wanted and the Rebbe says in parentheses for whatever reason it may be let's say that the Torah did want to let us know that some, for whatever reason the Torah desired for us to know all the details of this event but still it would have sufficed to tell us how much the spoils were and it would be self understood like i said before take out a pen and paper make a calculation you you would would figure out if you have a hundred you anybody understands that if you split it in half you'll have 50 for them and 50 for them if you have 200 so you have 100 for them and 100 for them and from that you take a 500th and for that you take a 50th it would be understood and the same applies to the second half. It would be understood on its own. So the first question is, why does the trader bother going into all this detail and telling us what the first half amounted to, what the second half amounted to, and how much the 500th, the, ta- the, the tariff, so to speak, the tax, the, 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 the tzedakah that was supposed to give from the first half, what difference does it make? On the other hand. If for whatever reason it may be, for whatever reason there was some kind of need to write this in detail, if that's the case, then if that's the case, if you're already going into detail, then why does the Torah seem to speed it up? All the way at the end, right when you're about to detail and to, pu- to, to to enumerate, to spell out how much the 50th was from the part that went to the non-fighting Jews. In other words, something, something's going on over here. Something needs to be clarified. We need to make sense out of this. And here comes, I would suggest, the third question, but the main question. And to add Since these questions arise In the common, normal learning of the Pasuk And the Rebbe emphasizes the word pshat Because it's the simple meaning basic. It's a basic question This is not a a pil-pul question This is a question What's What's going on here? According according to Rashi's rules, that he answers questions that arise in Shutta and we've been through this many times, then Rashi should have answered it. Rashi doesn't address it at all. come upon him, and as many times was spoken, was discussed. Rashi that Rashi's Rashi's, so to speak. Uh, way of engagement. Rashi's protocol in what he chooses to explain and whatnot is that Leviar called And the Rebbe emphasizes the word call to explain all, anything that may arise, any difficulty, any question that may arise in Rashi explains it. So why isn't Rashi explain anything here? So the Rebbe says. And since Rashi does not answer the above alleged, I should say, or proposed questions, from this itself is the best proof that, that by learning the sukim, according to Pesut Actually, there won't be these questions. In other words, if you really re- read the pshat well, there won't be any any of these questions. And therefore, Rashi relied on the fact that we're going to learn it well, and we will understand the answer, even though we, will, we would notice these questions. Now, it's interesting, that Rebbe brings in the next two paragraphs I'm going to say orally. The Ramban gives an interesting answer, which actually later in the Sikha we'll see that the Rebbe doesn't totally negate, but he changes it a little bit. The Ramban says that Hashem was trying to portray to us that there was a great miracle that took place over here. What is the miracle? We all understand that with the type of, uh, the amount of spoils that they had, if I remember correctly, it came out to 800 and something thousand between animals and, 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 and slaves and this type of animal, that type of animal. You understand that it took a long time to tally it all up, to divide it, to take out the, the miser from it, the, the tariff. So one would wonder, you want to tell me? That no, one, that no one died? That not one animal died in the course of this time? So maybe they ended up with less than what they began with? Maybe by the time they were ready to give the tariff, there was less? So that Amman says, this is the reason why the Torah is telling it to us. Why? To tell us the great miracle that Hashem made for the Yidin. Which is that not one died from the moment they caught they they received the loot from the moment they captured the loot until the time that they divided it and distributed it properly amongst everyone and gave the tariff. But the Rebbe has some difficulty with this question. Why? First of all, it doesn't answer the second question. Then how come it, by, it details everything and then it kind of lets go at the end. It doesn't detail that. If that's so important, tell us how even from the Yidden's 50th percent, it was exactly there and Hashem, so to speak, made a miracle that no one died and they were able to fully carry out the mitzvah. That's number one. Number two, we know that Hashem doesn't make a miracle for no good reason. What would the reason be here? What would the motive be here to make a miracle? Again, we're talking about according to Pshut Shemikra. It could well indeed be that there was a miracle here. But we need to look at it from the spectacles. We need to put on our Pshut Shemikra glasses and understand it through that prism. What is the Pshut Shemikra value of a nest? Why would Hashem make a miracle? Where do we find such a thing? So what? If one would have died, so one would have died. So instead of having 840 something thousand, 840 thousand minus one, why, why does Hashem need to make a miracle? So it's still we need to understand it. Says the Rebbe chapter 2, base. The Rebbe explains the beer. Beer is a clarification. And when we have a clearer, in other words, turn on more spotlights here, get a beer. Beer comes from the word oil. We get a real clearer vision of what's going on here. We'll have a much better appreciation and we'll answer on the que- all the questions. You see, if the Torah. Would have just said, quote, Maishe, Maishe and Allah did whatever Hashem said to do, there would a very, very, I would say tremendous question would have would have arisen, arisen. And that is, according to Teva, we're talking about naturally, when you have such a vast number of spoils, remember, including all kinds of animals and, and all kinds of possessions. And and, and and servants, and maidservants. It just doesn't make sense logically that there should be a, the possibility of an equal divide right in the middle. And after dividing it, that you should have an equal amount that you should be able to take a 500th or a 50th, and that there should not be any remainder, any kind of loose ends that still need to be taken care of. In other words, the way the Pasuk portrays it, I'm talking about now in the phase of the commandment phase, where the Torah tells us what needs to be done, the Torah does not give instruction as what to do with the extras, that which is not in the 500 count, that is, which is not in the 50 count, that which is not equally dividable in the middle. Maybe there's one, how do you divide a person? How do you divide a slave? How do you divide a maidservant? But the Torah doesn't address that. The Torah doesn't address that. So therefore, the Torah had to tell us, do you know why we're, ad- we're not addressing that? Do you know why Hashem didn't make a com- give a commandment as what to do with the extra, with the remnants, that which does not fit into the round number of 500 or the round number of 50. Because the Torah spells out and points out to us. And that's why it gives us account of even not only what was allotted to the soldiers and what was allotted to the, to the non-fighting Jews but it also goes so far as to tell us that from the part of the soldiers, how much it amounted to the one of 500, to tell us that Hashem made it, that everything was exact, everything was accurate, everything was precise. So they got a round figure of everything. Each half was a round figure, and therefore the tithing from it, or the tariff, was also an exact figure, and there was nothing that wasn't accounted for. Now, of course, you may ask, one second. The Rebbe asked on the, on the Ramban, hey, this is not an unusual thing. This is, so to speak, this is not the norm. So the truth is, and the Rebbe makes a distinction here, there's a difference between, I would call it, something that's not possible, not naturally possible, and therefore, in order to make it possible, it requires a ness, or something that's not common, it's unusual. Unusual doesn't mean it's not natural. Unusual means that it typically does not happen, but it could happen. There's no law in nature that negates the possibility of this happening. So the Rebbe says, yes, this was an extreme an extreme situation where Hashem played the card, so to speak, in such a way that it should come out to this way that everything was an exact round number and everything was accounted for precisely and they did the mitzvah in exact measure in exact amount. But of course, still, and this now we're in chapter three, still the Rebbe pushes the question. This is not something common. This is not something normal. This is not a normal thing. And therefore, the Torah goes into detail. And it says, you should take exactly this amount, meaning negating, not that amount. And exactly this is what has to come out. So, the Torah is pointing out that with with detailing this, that Hashem desired, for whatever reason he desired, but it becomes clear and obvious from Shutei that this is what he wanted. He wanted it to be an exact amount. He wanted it to be a precise amount. And that's why he spells out and he even tells us, as I mentioned already, what the amount was from the 500th that was given from the fighting soldiers, from the fighting Jews. In chapter 4, the Rebbe continues explaining what still needs to be understood. In other words, there was another question. Why, if you tell us what the fighting soldiers got, why, not, why are you also telling us what the counter half was, what the non-fighting Jews got? I mean, it seems to be obvious that if, let's say, they got a number of uh, 400,000 and whatever, then the exact equal amount that counters that is 400 something thousand or whatever. So why say that? In other words, we answered why you have to tell us what the, what the fighting Jews got and how much tax they gave from it to see that everything was precise and everything was an exact round number. But why bother telling us the other half? The answer is that Hashem is pointing out exactly what the Ramban said. What the Ramban said, that nothing died that everything was accounted for. So while they were dealing with the fighting soldiers' part, while they were dealing with their part of the loot and dividing everything, and after dividing everything, taking out the tariff, in the meantime, time passed. Could have taken several days or whatever. None on the other side died and they received an exact equal amount and the trader wants to point it out and let us know that that's what happened. The question that the Rebbe asked before, oh, but that's a ness, a ness is supernatural. So Rabbi says, who says we're not saying a miracle occurred. We're saying that they didn't die. They didn't come to life. They didn't die. Now, it's true that typically from such a large amount of livestock and, and, and slaves and so on, somebody would get sick, at least one, at least some minor percent would get sick or would die or would become injured or whatever it is. That's true. Again, this is unusual, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible according to the laws of nature. It is possible according to laws of nature that all should not die. There's no book, there's nowhere anyway, that it says that in this amount of time, out of 400,000, a certain amount has to die. It is typical if you were doing statistics that yes, there's statistics. Again, statistics are just saying generally this is what would happen, that a certain amount would die. But it's not mechaev. It's not saying that it's absolute that they have to die. And therefore, once it, the Torah told us Once the Torah told us, hey, listen, the non-fighting Jews received an exact amount, it has no need to tell us what their 50th was. Go do your own calculations. Because at this point, the Torah already highlighted everything. A, that they got an exact amount and it remained intact throughout all the time until they were able to fulfill the mitzvah of taking out the meches, of taking out the tariff. B, that the tariff that they took was precise. And where do you see that? From the fighting soldiers. From those who fought, you can see that since they gave an exact meches, an exact tariff, it tells us that it was an equal amount. However, by the Jewish, the other Jews, meaning the non-fighting Jews, go ahead, make your own cheshmer. The Torah already has no need. Then it would be superfluous if the Torah would have told us this. And this brings with it an amazing lesson. Okay, we're going to skip Ois Ois Oishei, the Rebbe brings according to Halacha. A, a perhaps a suggestion, how you can see at least a certain opinion, but we're going to skip that and go to chapter 6, to Oisvav. And the Rebbe says that this is a, an amazing, a tremendous lesson for all of us. Because remember, the Torah is not telling us stories. The Torah is not wasting our time with detail that has no connection to our lives. So it's obvious if the Torah is telling it to us, the Torah is giving us Torah, Hayra, so the Rebbe says the Hero is as follows. And this is a of and Mikra. This is not a Drash or a Remes. This is clearly, almost you can see it on the black, the, in the black letters on, on, on the white parchment. You can see it. It stands out. And that is as follows. That you see how important and how special it is to Hashem that a Yid should be able to carry out his mitzvah. That even things that are not common, or the Rebbe emphasizes here is not common klal uklal at all. Yet the Emissary made it possible. They made a- Hashem made it happen. And again, remember, it was borderline, but it was not a miracle. It was still within the realms of nature. Hashem made it so that the Yidden should be able to fully carry out, to fully implement the Tzivri Hakadosh Baruch the commandment of Hashem. Now, it's fantastic. But there's a much greater lesson here even prior to this occurring, you see how Hashem was already playing the card, so to speak, that it should end up being that the Yiddin should be able to do the mitzvah. In other words, you have to use logic that in order to reach this exact amount, that Mid- 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 midian when it's being defeated, should have an exact amount of this amount of animals and this amount of slaves and this amount of maidservants and so on and so forth, that this had to be set into motion way in advance while the was still minding their own business or while they were going about their own lives and doing commerce and buying and selling and, and, and maybe slaughtering some of the animals and not slaughtering other animals, buying slaves, selling slaves, that they should all come out to such a point that by the time B'nai Yisrael come and, and, and defeat them and conquer all the stuff, that it should be an exact amount and that the Indians should be able to fill out the mitzvah exactly without anything being left over, without anything being unaccounted for. This tells us, that when a yid has to do a mitzvah, it's not only Bishas Maisa, it's not only in the actual time, in the real time when the yid's doing the mitzvah, that Hashem is providing the the benefit, the the, 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 the the possibility, the ability, and providing the means for the yid to do the mitzvah. It's not only then, it's way in advance. Hashem is already. In advance, setting everything into motion that the yid should have his esrik when he needs it. So in advance, a half a year before, a year before, years before when the person is purchasing the plot of land to set up the place that you, me, in this moment, in this year, when we need one little esrik, that it should all be there. So when he's buying his tractor and he's buying his thing, all this is Hashem setting everything into motion. And again, this is very important to emphasize. Alpi <laughs> darchei Within the realms of nature, this is not a miracle, but Hashem makes it so that everything comes everything comes to play, everything comes together, that the yid should be able to do his own mitzvah. And therefore, the Rebbe says, from this we learn that a yid should never get frazzled by what seems to be sometimes a difficulty or a challenge in doing a mitzvah. Could be the wants us to give a little extra push to try to do the mitzvah, but it's obvious and certain that if Hashem told us to do the mitzvah, and he told us to do it in a certain way, that not only we could implement it, but that he provides each and every means for us to implement that mitzvah.